what a week we've had. A flurry of snow, maybe you've got your Christmas decorations. We are in a time of Advent as we anticipate the birth of Jesus. And I want you to hold that in your mind as we come back for the last time to the book of Hebrews. Because for the last three months, we have been delving in and exploring Hebrews and through different people, different voices, I hope that um, Holy Spirit has really been drawing out for you the richness in this book in the Bible. I'm sure, <laughs> as I have, there's been highs and lows and challenges and bits which you've wrestled with and encouragements and bits which you've been slightly uncertain about. Um, However, isn't it truly amazing that a book that was written so many years ago is highly relevant for us today and equips us for the endurance race that we find ourselves on when we choose Jesus. So today, as I share and as we end this series, my prayer is that you will meet the living God through this scripture today and especially at this time of year. We're in a season, as I said, of anticipating the birth of Jesus. But let's not live our lives simply anticipating him in a time of Advent. Instead, let's live our lives anticipating the impact that he can have in us and through us every single day. Last week, Stuart reminded us once again of the fact that Hebrews is all about Jesus. The beginning of chapter 13 reiterates in verse 8 that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Do we fully recognise the impact of that in our lives and live our lives through that lens? The book of Hebrews is all about the supremacy of Jesus. Jesus is supreme over everything. Our situations our challenges, our city, our world, our health service, the government, business, finance, coronavirus, the environment, the list could go on and on and on. And Abraham Cooper said, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. You see, Jesus is in charge of it all. He sees it all, your stuff, my stuff, the stuff of people around us. And this is the same Jesus who we do remember and celebrate and prepare for in this season of Advent. So today we are in Hebrews 13, but we're going to play, pay close attention to just a couple of verses that make up the benediction at the end of this chapter. These two verses come just after the writer has been reminding the reader of what it means to truly honour one another, the importance of accountability in leadership and what it means to submit to church leaders. And I know that that is a very brief summary, but it does help us to have that in our mind as we listen to these verses now in chapter 13. So we're starting at verse 20. Through to 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him 
through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. This inspiring letter of Hebrews is brought to a majestic conclusion. And what is really interesting and poignant as we end the book of Hebrews is the final reminder that we are left with. As we close this book, the most powerful thing is the ending. It's sealed with the benediction, which means good worked. It's the writer's way of praying and bestowing a blessing of God to those who have listened to the letter for the last 13 chapters. And in effect, for you and I who have been journeying through this book for the last three months. So let's look in depth at these couple of verses. Verse 20 starts. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Before I finish that sentence, I want us to focus on that phrase, God of peace. John Stott in his commentary explains that peace in biblical thought is something far more than serenity. It denotes the quality of salvation God is able to give to his people. Let me just read that one more time. Peace in biblical thought is something far more than serenity. It denotes the quality of salvation God is able to give to his people. Wow. This is a phrase and a description of God that feels even more important for us in this year, at this season, doesn't it? During this year, I'm sure you can relate and recall times where you have needed to know a deep peace that goes deeper than what you've seen around you or have been experiencing. And when we see people whose needs have got even more vast than maybe they were before, the BBC News of the church in Burnley and how people who are working, people who have had um, jobs and have lost their jobs, now they cannot feed their families. Or the statistics that we've been sharing, like the 82,100 people being in poverty in Edinburgh by spring next year. The statistic was really high last year, but it's got higher. And that's why we're going after things like Just Christmas and Project Pants. Or maybe it's the fact that for you now, you have to make decisions about Christmas, the plans, the bubbles, and this can trigger uncertainties, anxiety, insecurities. We all need to know the God of peace right now. And we can know this peace. And we do know this peace because of the victory, because of the victory, which has been won through Jesus, the Jesus who came into the world as a baby, saviour for us all. There was a time a few years ago now um, where Andy and I went through a really painful um, and incredibly difficult time where between the boys, we lost a baby um, at 12 weeks. I had a miscarriage. And it was in that moment where I really sensed God saying to me, peace. Just that simple word. And even though I can't fully describe it, I did feel that sense of peace. And I thought, this is something that I want to hold on to every single day. 
And so I asked a friend who's in our church family, um, who's very creative, if she would put together a piece of artwork for me that I could put up. And if you've been to our house, you would have seen it in our lounge. It's on the wall so that I can be reminded every single day of this simple word, peace. God of peace. It's so rich in verse 20. It's so deep. It's not just a throwaway phrase. It's a peace that transcends all understanding, as we know. And something that we, have, we as Christians have through Jesus. For you today, can you say that you know that peace? If you don't, we want to help you by praying for you so that you can truly know that deep peace. The God of peace who saved us, equips us and works in us is a hope for our city in amongst all the stuff going on. And so even though it might be a bit more difficult this year, how are we sharing at this time of year, particularly the God of peace with our neighbours, our friends, our colleagues? You see, when we fully grasp, when we fully grasp this fact, God is always pointing us to Jesus, who he was, who he is, and what he has done. And as verse 20 goes on to remind us of the fact that he is the greatest shepherd and saviour. Now, if you've been around church for a while, or even if you've just listened to the Christmas story, you will know that shepherds feature in the Bible quite a lot. And the fact that Jesus is described as a shepherd. But what's really significant here in the book of Hebrews is this is actually the first time that this phrase has been used. Jesus has been described in other ways in the book, but never as a shepherd. And this isn't just a surprise or an afterthought, it's deliberate. The writer is using this part of the benediction for a reason. We are reminded of the resurrection of Jesus and the sacrificial death he made. We are described as sheep and Jesus, the great shepherd. And I don't know about you, when you think of sheep or you think of lambs, does your mind go a bit hazy and you see these little lambs jumping over fields, green pasture, daffodils in the background? Well, maybe it does. But Phil Anderson, who used to be a student at Central, some of you will know him. He's got many talents and one of those is he is a farmer and a farmer of sheep. So you could say a shepherd. And I once got to see him uh, doing part of his trade by shearing sheep. And I can definitely tell you there was nothing fluffy, meek or mild about that encounter. Now, there are debates about the intelligence of sheep and we're not going to go down that line today. But one thing we do know is that sheep can be obstinate. Have you ever been in a country lane and not been able to move in your car because of a sheep right there won't move? We know that they can give a dangerous kick when they want to. They can be stupid, especially when it comes to maybe a sense of direction. Um, any of these sound familiar? Surely we can see some parallels between them and us. Sheep cannot thrive when left to fend for themselves or make their own way home. There's such a need for a shepherd. They can die without a shepherd. And if we think about this in terms of ourselves, we will never make the course and run this race unless we keep coming back to the great shepherd, Jesus. 
We can try and go alone, but if you have ever tried, I'm sure you'll be able to testify that it hasn't always gone terribly well and maybe it's resulted in a bit of a disaster. And what is also being said in this passage, if we remember to what I said previously, um, in the fact that just before verse 20, the Hebrew writer is talking about leadership, accountability, submission. Now, it might sound strange, but what we are being asked to do as well is to shepherd one another. We're not being asked to become the great shepherd and we're not to go to each other to find a saviour in one another. What we're called to do is to keep going to the great shepherd and through that and in that place to then help shepherd one another. We're called to do that. That's the reminder in this letter. We need people who we trust, who will be vulnerable with, people who will support us, lift our head, help us direct our ways back to Jesus. People who will challenge us, who will keep um, fighting for us, who will disciple us, not let us get comfortable, but step up and step out in faith, particularly if we try to go it alone, because we know we fail. That's why community is so important, a place and a space to connect with Jesus together, be family, but also take the God-given opportunities to love our city and share Jesus, especially at this time and in this season where people are desperate for community and connection. This benediction at the end of Hebrews makes it really, really clear. We can know the God of peace as we fix our eyes on the great shepherd, we can help one another to keep doing that too and to take responsibility for what God is asking us to do. Jesus, the great shepherd, became a sheep as well. So we, as obstinate sheep, kicking, lacking direction, can shepherd one another. And this is made really clear because of the Greek word that's used here, and also in verse 13 and verse 22 of chapter 13, paraclesis, which talks about and refers to giving direction, a kind of shepherding pastoral word. We're in this together. We are in this together. And actually, there's something really fundamental in this that sets Christianity apart. As I said earlier, and as I mentioned, the resurrection is the reminder of the fact that Jesus didn't just stay as the great shepherd, but he became the sheep, the lamb. If we think just for a moment now of that last supper, that Passover meal, where Jesus is there with his disciples, and there's bread on the table and there's wine, but there's no meat. Imagine the disciples, um, slightly awkward. What are we gonna eat? I'm not just gonna be full from bread. I know in my house, if I just put bread and if I just put some drink on the table, I would be getting complaints. The amazing thing is that Jesus then stands up and says, I am the meat. I am going to be the lamb. What he did on the cross is the ultimate exile, the ultimate sacrifice. In effect, he is saying, I'm going to take your place. I'm going to pay the price. And when I come back, I'm not just coming back to tell you how to live. I'm coming back to explain to you, you are already accepted. 
You are already accepted. It's not live right and then you'll be accepted. You are already accepted. The gospel says you are accepted now. And Holy Spirit wants to work in you and through you. Wants to give you that peace. Wants to enable you to shepherd one another so you can grow together. This is why we anticipate Christmas. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about when the lamb first came into the world. And if, if you do know the ending of the story and the power of the resurrection, you know that once again, this year at Christmas time, even in amongst the uncertainties and the challenges that we see going on around us, we can be once again positively overwhelmed by Jesus, the Saviour. Are we in that place today? Are we helping one another? Are we doing this life together? It is tough at times, but being in community and growing in this and sharing it with others is so vital. I recently had a conversation with somebody in our church and I asked if I could share this briefly with you because for a good few years now, she has um, struggled where she's not seen God answer her prayers and break through into situations and circumstances which have been hard. And over um, this year, we have seen some breakthrough in that situation. And what she said is she was so thankful for those people in her community and around her who kept holding her up and helping her to fix her eyes on Jesus in that tough season. Or another little phrase that came from somebody who during lockdown, through a friend, has started to join one of our communities is exploring faith at the moment, if we're honest. But what they said is to be in community with people is simply wonderful. In these two verses, what it then goes on to say to us is that there is a promise that he will equip us. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. What does it mean for us to be equipped? The verb equip here also means to restore or repair or mend. And it's the same word that's used in the Gospels when the disciples are mending their nets. You see, the God of peace is not only going to supply what we need. He's going to equip us fully. Equip us fully as we shepherd one another. He's going to give us what we need to rebuild the part of the wall that he has called us to rebuild. When someone's getting ready to do a task, they need to be trained up, kitted out. Let me briefly tell you about this picture that you see on the screen right now. This is me 15 years ago. I needed to be kitted out and trained for my first snowboarding holiday. And all of the kit you see me wearing right there, I borrowed from people that had gone before who knew what they were doing. Um, 
And I did sign up for lessons as well so that I was trained so I knew what I was doing in that moment. Now, we won't go into the story of where I did still have a major crash and nearly knock myself unconscious. But I needed both of those things. I needed the training. I needed the kit. This is what we are promised through Jesus. So much of the time, we don't always feel like we're equipped. So we don't walk in the fullness of God. And it's because we're not coming back to the God of peace, the great shepherd. We're not shepherding one another and supporting one another and tending to the part of the wall that he's calling us to rebuild. And he's given us the gift and the talents for. Are you in that place right now? Or actually, particularly at Christmas time, you're asking so many questions. You're wondering, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do it? Who am I supposed to be doing it with? God sees it. He knows. If you aren't yet a part of a community, we want to help you be a part of a community so other people can also help you grow, pray with you as you discern, as you grow in your faith. And so in summary, in this benediction, we are reminded of the God of peace and the importance of fully walking each day in that peace. In addition to this peace, Jesus, who arrived as a baby on the first Christmas, went on as the great shepherd to take our place and become the sheep like you and I. So that when he died and rose again, he came back to equip us to keep running this endurance race, restoring us, repairing us. So that we can uphold one another, support each other, because regardless of changing times, shifting circumstances, uncertainties and challenges, we end as we began three months ago when we started our journey through Hebrews. It was it is and it always will be about Jesus. And so as we end now, I'm going to pray for us. Maybe you have joined us for the first time and actually you haven't yet accepted Jesus as the God of peace, great shepherd, saviour. Or maybe you have walked away from your faith and you've been struggling in your faith over these last 10 months or less. Let's today for the first time or by way as a recommitment of faith, particularly at this time of Advent, ask God, Emmanuel, to come. So I'm going to pray for us as we end our time together. Jesus, we acknowledge we make mistakes. We try and go it alone and we are sorry. Today we want to say yes to you. Forgive us when we get it wrong. May we know for the first time we'll be reminded today that you, the God of peace, our great shepherd, love us, died for us and want us to walk fully in that knowledge so that we are equipped for all you have for us to be and to do for you. Amen.